Hey everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, Mikkel and I are discussing that scaling volume is the wrong way to use AI in your go-to-market and what you should be doing instead. Enjoy. So I guess your wife and you, I mean, you already have three kids. Yeah. yeah. And then um, was there a conversation to maybe get more? We're pretty clear on no more. <laughs> but I see where you're going with this. And I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, that the reason was, what was the reason? Limits of scale, unit unit yeah. economies of scale, all that stuff didn't work out. Like I, we only have so many bedrooms. Yeah. That's, you know, but the funny thing is that we were talking about it because we get the question like, oh, we have one kid. How hard is it getting the second kid? And we go like, that's the hardest one. Like three, easy. That kid will take care of you, him or herself. Yeah, no problem. Number two is the hardest by far. Really? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's is it harder to have three than two? Sure, but not as hard, you know, stepwise to go from one to two versus two to three. But, but according to that logic, the worst step must be zero to one. Oh yeah, uh, pff, yeah. <laughs> sure, <laughs> right? <For> sure. <laughs> zero to one is the hardest. By, by far. It's the, by it's far. the I don't want to do this anymore. No, exactly. I just want to give up and roll over and die. Yeah, 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 that's true. And I think a lot of folks, when they look at this AI stuff, they are going like, hmm, how do we take this thing from 10 to 10,000 instead of, you know, maybe how do we take things from zero to one or just, you know, improve other things? I kind of really messed with the segue there, didn't yeah. I? <laughs> That's fine. I think it's That's fine. fine. We'll cut it fine. out and then we're not going to do it because oh, we're forgetting to cut it out. Yeah. We always say it. We always say, <laughs> exactly. oh, we got to cut this part we're out. We're doing and a lot and of post production. Yeah, and then I'm listening to it. It's like, do I want to cut that part <laughs> yeah. out? No. No. I have final cut, by the way. So uh, we're going to talk a bit about the things that won't scale and how to make them scale. And or are they maybe scale? How they maybe scale. Well, that's some of the things we're going to hop into yes. today because, you know, the advent of AI, which is what I want to say a year old, year into this by now. I mean, it's been there before, but when it really started taking off with, off with open AI, probably about a yeah, year Yeah, now, ago. what is it? One or two days ago, they, um, they released Sora. Oh, yeah, the video. Insane. Yeah, crazy. Crazy indeed. Totally and insane. Then, and it's like I always had this with the copywriting tools. You can always you can always kind of tell it's written by AI. It gets a bit repetitive, a bit dull, a bit blah. With the video one, it was really difficult. I had to I so I read an article saying, you know, with an expert, it was like, yeah, it's obvious it's AI. If you look at like stuff like the hands or the fact that it's ultra 4K HD, and then it was like I didn't think about any of that stuff. <laughs> no, but also, no, no, no. So I watched um, um this 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 guy on YouTube that reviews like tech stuff, mm-hmm. right? I forgot his name. Fantastic. Follow him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Call him Bob. Uh, and he was basically comparing it to just a year ago. And I didn't know this meme, but basically kind of there was an AI generated meme, uh, Will Smith eating spaghetti. <laughs> and he showed those videos and they looked like terrible, like alien stuff. Yeah. You could see it's Will Smith. You could see it's spaghetti, but everything else was just like really yeah, kind of messed up. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he plays that. Then he plays one of those example videos. And then he looks at the camera and like, this is one year. Yeah. This is one year. <laughs> Every single flaw, everything you're seeing right now is the worst that this technology will ever be. Yeah. You know? That's true. <laughs> and um, where are we going to be from a year from now? Because that's such, such, such a massive jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From that video to kind of this new stuff. And 
Um, and, and the main problem actually is, and maybe you're going off topic here, but the main problem is it's, you know, it's on the OpenAI website. There's lots of test, uh, text around it saying like, hey, this is AI generated. Mm. And now, you know, once you've kind of seen a couple of those clips from that website, you kind of recognize them also on your feed and it's like, ah, oh, this is AI stuff. But if you watch that stuff without knowing that it's AI generated, I, you know, y- you wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. So I think one of the things that kind of, so I said this to you before we started recording, what a lot of folks they focus on when you see all the cases on LinkedIn. So we spend obviously way too much time on that social media no. channel. So no, no, way too much time. All of it is about, hey, I produced 10,000 articles in one week and got, you know, 500 visitors. It's like easy AI. Yeah. It's all about the volume. Yeah. That's that's all it is. No, but it's also when we had Jaco on the on the show, he was also talking about AI is going to ruin everything because it's uh, you know more emails, more content. Everything on LinkedIn is going to be AI generated. Basically, kind of you can't trust all the content generation anymore. The only thing you can trust now, and I think this is where it sounds a little bit like a grandpa, great guy, and also older than we are. But you know, in that sense, smarter, also. Less hair also, <laughs> but uh, uh, basically kind of the only thing you can do is uh, go meet people in person. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think, you know, there's, first of all, that's probably not how it's going to end up being anyway. Uh, but number two, I think they're starting to emerge a little bit of a different path here potentially, mm. right? Kind of that isn't focusing on um, the sheer volume part, right? Yeah. And I think to a degree, uh, to a degree, it's a little bit this, jump from faster horses to cars moment where um, managers, especially with SDRs, let's just take that example because that's specifically towards um, also what Jaco said. Um, we're basically kind of seeing, oh, okay, you do 50 activities a day and you're able to book X many meetings. So if you do 100 activity every, uh, yeah, every yeah. day, you'll book you know X more meetings, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was very much volume focused, kind of let's kind of give them more stuff to do more volume. And that has actually already stopped working. AI or not, that's kind of over yeah. to a degree, right? Or maybe in some pockets it works, maybe with some personas it works. I think as as much more as you're selling to more educated folks mm. uh, around that topic, not in general, but around that topic, I think it kind of stops working there, right? And I think actually what's really important before we dive really into the the subject as well, is like we, we talked about previously, you're slowly losing PMF mm. at any point in time because things outside of your control changes. And this is actually one of those moments where what might, let's say you build an inbound machine that relies on content, you got to realize that that game is fundamentally changing, just like with SDRs and everything else. And so kind of what we wanted to do a bit more free-flowing in this episode is, you know, focus on how do you not just build like a robo SDR dialer thing, you know? So exactly. So this is where I was actually trying to go with this, right? Which maybe was difficult to follow in the sense. But the first thing everyone was doing, you know, seeing this new AI thing, is like, oh, okay, cool. Now instead of 100 activities, mm. because everything is AI generated, maybe you can get to 300 activities. Yeah, yeah. And kind of that was that was the first reaction of everyone, but that doesn't seem to be the solution here, right? So, and then I think the um, you know one of the one of the topics we're probably going to dive into is really around the well, maybe it's going to be 100 activities, but maybe each of these 100 things that the SDR is doing is now going to be as high quality as, you know, when he or she was doing 50, mm. for example, yeah. right? Can can you increase the quality of the stuff that you're doing 
in order to get the actual outcome you want to get. Right? Yeah. And I think you have a very, very real scenario now where you can challenge some of those limiting beliefs. If you've been booking on average 12 meetings per month per SDR for, let's just say, four years, mm -hmm. and someone came and said, I think you could do 24. It's like, for, I mean, maybe 12 and a half if yeah. we're lucky, if we get a really good person in. But now you can fundamentally change the process, right? So let's hop into the uh, maybe the SDRs and some of the fractions we had there where it's not just about hey, you know, yes, volume can be a factor, but also the quality as well. Yeah. So on the on the SDR side, right, I think everyone, when they're hearing AI in, in your in your go-to market, I think the first thing everyone is jumping to is the, the robo-calling SDR. Mm -hmm. I think so. There are a couple of examples out there where ChatGBT hooked up to some voice thing and... <laughs> and then started dialing. And it's like the Simpsons episode. He gets this dialer that just dials the yeah. entire city. And it, and it works out and stuff, <laughs> right? But that is likely not going to be, you know, it's really difficult to make any kind of predictions here. But right now, I don't see that that is going to be the future, actually. Mm. And uh, some folks are like, oh, you know, it's going to be outlawed anyway. It's like, no, <laughs> I don't think it will be outlawed. I think, uh, I think it will be outlawed towards consumers, yes, <laughs> but not towards businesses. GDPR kind of doesn't work towards businesses, kind of in the outreach strategy. We had this email thing with Yahoo and Google and yeah, yeah, what have like, you. Except like, for ah, business. Yeah. It's only for consumers. Yeah. Um, I think that will be the same thing here. Yeah. Right. So kind of the, the protections that that the government puts in place are predominantly for consumers, not so for people running businesses, mm. right? So I don't think legalization will be an issue, but I think it's just not gonna work that well. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's more the problem, right? Um so what might happen instead? I think what might happen is if you are an SDR and you want to place a really strong outbound call, what will help you to make it an extremely strong case is, let's just say not, not necessarily personalization, but additional things of knowledge around that company. Right? Yeah. And um, number one, that could be Simply about you know which account to call first. Yeah, think about it as a an account prioritization, right? And instead of saying, "Oh, this account has more than fifty employees," let's call it or two hundred fifty employees or whatever, um, you might now be able to add some more automations to it. Um, so there's like all kinds of workflows you can set up these days with, you know, does that does that company have a free trial on the website? Mm. Maybe you're selling kind of a product to into PLG or something like that. You can set up a workflow that you know crawls the website, you know scans for a trial or whatever, but in a smarter way than just the keyword, and then can return, hey, this this account actually has that, yeah. right? Um, and uh, the next step there is then maybe trying to include some kind of intent data in here, whatever that might mean, by the yeah. way. So I'm not I'm not so super sure about this, but basically doing smarter account prioritization. Yeah. Um, that is kind of a big battle already there, right? Instead of you sitting down doing the research and then after half an hour research being like, ah, oh, no, not that account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's, that's one problem. Then the next problem is, well, now that you have an account uh, that maybe is relevant to be called on right now or to work on right now, uh, what about the person? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's not B2B, it's yeah. human to human. And, you know, what do you say to, uh, you know, be able to reach into that person's brain in yeah. 30 seconds, 20 seconds, whatever it might be? And again, you need to do some research. The problem is 
if you want to do this by hand, yeah, it takes forever. It basically won't happen. And I, we we had this happen um, in in our outbound operation previously, where hey, it would be better to have all of that research done. But at the same time, if you spend, I don't, I don't want, don't want to say an hour, but let's just say an hour researching. You could have also called um, twenty of yeah. those companies. Could have done more volume, man. With no, but without the insight, and then just got lucky. Yeah, maybe yeah. one of them is like, oh, you know what? Actually, I have the problem right now. Great, you yeah. know. Um, and what has previously been unscalable, like forget about it, just dial, just you know, blow the what is it? Blow the horn. Yeah. Pick up the blower. That's yeah. <laughs> pick what up is the it? horn. No, it was. There's some some kind of UK slang kind of thing. We'll cut this out. That's fine. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, it's now, so obvious now, we're not native speakers. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think that's also the charm. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, um, um, uh, you know, that, that, that was the right strategy back then. Yeah. And now that you have those automatic research capabilities, might not be the right strategy anymore. Actually. Yeah. And these things that used to be completely unscalable, maybe they are scalable now. But I think it's like, imagine you're targeting, let's just say public companies. Every quarter, they do an earnings call. There's a transcript. It's like 50 pages formatted terribly. Who would want to read that, let alone listen to the call? But no, if but you're prospecting who? into that account, yeah. guess what? You can just... Get an AI to summarize the key takeaways. What are the challenges? What are the things they're prioritizing? Oh, they're prioritizing growth. We help with that in this and that way, yeah. right? All of a sudden, you can start getting those insights. Yes. And then, funny story on this uh, another SDR application, potentially. So there is, I forgot what the company is. Terrible. That we, that we I don't, don't know forget, the names. We don't <laughs> remember anything. The... Um, uh, and this was, we had like a little bit of a kickoff party and then, you know, most of the people left already. And then it was uh, um, Olaf and myself and then David, our uh, go-to-market lead. And he pulled up a, a product where there's basically a prospect, it's an AI prospect, and you can call her, mm. cold call her basically. <laughs> and uh, Ola and I both kind of, you know, took turns trying to convince her to, yeah. to book a meeting. Didn't work out. But again, this is another thing where you can just practice. Yeah, It goes a little bit back to uh, KD basically saying like, hey, you know, if if you want to play a sport, yeah. it's not like you're only playing Sundays when the game is. Yeah, You're practicing and then playing it, right? And kind of in our world, yes, it's not only Sunday that we have like an important call coming up, but you can actually practice now yeah. without burning accounts. You can practice now on the side in order to get better, right? Yeah. So there, there are all kinds of cool ways of improving you um, as a human being until that's obsolete also. I don't know, <laughs> next year or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but I think that for the SDR side is probably better. So why does that matter though? Well, right now, if you're really good, you get like 10 meetings per SDR per month. Yeah, yeah. That's like good. Then there are outliers in both directions, right? Um, but the thing is, if you have better account prioritization, if you have better personalization, if the SDR is better trained, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Will you be able to get your uh, connector rate uh, to go up? Maybe. Yeah. Will you be able to, you know, convert some of those connects into actual meetings? Maybe yes also. And then the question almost becomes, well, uh, is 10 the right benchmark? Mm. Should it be different? Should it be 20? Should it be 30? What actually here then is starting to be, you know, the piece that's holding you back from placing more of the high value activity, so to speak, that actually convert mm. and all of this other stuff that you need in order to get to that high value activity, if that can be automated away, yeah. 
you know, how, think, what's what's stopping you actually? That's that becomes a new question. I think it's also just to say like a lot of the beliefs we had of what you know how we could run things has changed, right? Think about even the email, email side of the outreach. Used to be, yeah, we set up a mail merge. We have the same email um, we send out. We personalize it, quotation mark, with dear Hi, first Michael. name, title, company, whatever, right? Those those strict fields. You know what? Now you could customize the emails fully mm. if you wanted to um, at less work mm. almost, right? So I think, so I agree, yeah, it, it you know, the goalpost kind of moves a bit and, and what you can achieve fundamentally changes. And I also believe that over the next six to 12 months, certain companies are going to figure out a path to nail some of these elements, whether it's the training, enablement, outreach, and then the word is going to get out. And what happens is, and everybody starts doing the same, and the ones who slowest to adapt, they're going to kind of be left. No, I think the main switch that needs to happen, and um, this is again, I think the first thing everyone is going to go towards is like more volume, more volume. That's yeah. going to be the first thing. And, and you know what? I don't think we can fault anyone for this because it's to a degree this is, you know, we pulled up this um, industrial revolution example where, and I think, I think it was called the Jenny. Mm. I'm not sure. Some people might be laughing now, but you know, who know that what the actual name is. But there's basically kind of this tool, this weaving thing uh, to make um, a fabric, yeah. right? Uh, from cotton Cloth. to fabric. Cloth, whatever. <laughs> whatever yeah. <laughs> um, and basically kind of uh, someone figured out the Jenny. So it was one person that now could do the same job that 10, ten yeah. weavers previously would have done. Uh, she could kind of do that just with a machine, right? And the whole idea there was about driving down costs because this cloth was so super expensive that no one could really afford it. So the market wasn't there. So then you 10x the whole thing, you 10 minus 10x the price <laughs> and wonderful. Right, kind of that—that that was the uh, the idea of that evolutionary uh, revolutionary step, right? In our world, actually, right now, it's actually it's a revolution of quality. Yeah, that's actually what's going to happen. And um, and I think the last ones latching onto that, realizing that, I think they will be kind of aft. Yeah. Actually, that's I think what's going to happen. And um, you know, almost sounds like closing remarks. We have like two, three other things here, actually. <laughs> but um, again, now that I'm in the rand. Um, Think about who in the organization is actually going to install all of that stuff. Yeah. Who's going to piece all of these things together? It's not going to be the VP sales. No. Um, it's it's probably going to be revenue operations through, you know, in some degree, thinking uh, both, number one, what is the newest tech out there? And, you know, RevOps people, for some reason, they're like always so interested in, you know, what what cool stuff could you do? Yeah. But then also bringing it back and building an actual business reason out of this. That's going to be, you know, predominantly on revenue operations. I think what's going to be difficult for uh, the organization, though, is with all of that new tech, and we've kind of forgotten about this, you will then actually also require new results to come out of the team. Mm. It can't just be we're buying all of this tech, everything's easier, yeah. everything's getting higher quality. It can't just be that the SDR is spending the rest of the time on the beach. No. Right? Kind of, there needs to be kind of a business uh, impact coming out of this. And I think for the longest time, whenever we bought tools, we never actually changed targets because of it. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I know this painfully. Yeah. I think this will be an opportunity where we can actually do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also one of the reflections I have is you don't want to just go and buy it, roll it out everywhere and say, go crazy, have fun, right? That, yeah. you know, I think maybe it was you who said it at one point in time that um, there was a SDR team specifically focused on testing. Yeah. That's all they did. 
to figure out how to do a better yes. outreach or follow yes. up or whatever it is. And you kind of want to be a bit methodical as well about it here. So sh since we're in the sales realm, should we talk a bit about yes. um, the next? So then let's let's just go to the account executive. So we were mm -hmm. SDR and now do the account executive. I think you, you mentioned one piece already, which is more of an AE realm thing. It's, it's this public company mm. quarterly earnings call. First of all, I don't know so many AEs that actually can legitimately, you know, read or listen to this thing and get anything out of it. So that's what AI is going to help with immediately, right? And then they sum it up, obviously, and just spit you out kind of, those are the three things they're focusing on. Those are the three challenges they have. Yeah. And it's like, oh, mm, that, that one, one. kind of works for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of yeah. tailor my message to that one down there. Um, super helpful, yeah. right? Because you don't need to do all the discovery of like, so what's important for you and what's the pain metric and so forth. You can jump ahead kind of to something like this already. I think, so this is research again. And some of the research tools that you're going to use for the SDRs, I think going to be the same for the AEs actually. Uh, you know, one thing that I think is pretty cool is this whole live prompting in demos. Yeah. yeah? So basically you have a demo assistant that might prompt you with um, battle cards for, oh, there's an objection. Here are the three best ways to reply to this. Or, hey, here's a piece of content you could be sharing after the call. Mm. Or, hey, here's a piece of content that you maybe might want to show right now. So this is a really good slide that works for this problem, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Or gives you other indications for where the call is going, what you could be potentially be doing about this. And if you think about it, Right, so I think in the beginning it's going to be clunky and weird. I, I just, I just see it's going to be difficult to roll this out in a small organization, but, but ultimately, the impact of something like that could be that your ramp up time goes down. Mm, yeah, true. Instead of having nine months of training and and all kinds of things that need to be doing, uh, and, and and enablement ongoing and spending lots of time on that, you might just bake it into the AI that then almost learning by doing, yeah. basically, trains the AE in order to you know, get the right prompts. And I'm not saying that they should be reading out loud what the AI is saying, mm. but giving them a hint like, hey, have you thought about this thing over here? Very similar to, and I don't see this so super often, but live coaching. Yeah, There are, um, and I think you can do this with you know, Gong and you know, whatever, but there are ways where your manager can listen into uh, your call and they can say something which only you as a caller are going to hear. Yeah. And uh, you then can, you know, take this in and, and use this in order to, you know, work through the process, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think that would be a similar thing. It's not that you're saying exactly the same things that your VP is saying, you know, whispering to you in the ear. It's, it's just, hey, kind of go in this direction or double click on this one. Why is this a problem? And so forth. Um, so I think this is how that would actually kind of work. So I actually think, again, the natural place people would look would be can they carry more quota can they have more ops can they have a higher mm -hmm. win rate but cutting down the ramp time that's going to be instant gain yeah. pretty quickly and you know it's it's a very hidden efficiency driver you're going to have in terms of how maybe more so on sdr side than no, but also but think about it so Kate, we had katie on the call and you know after afterwards i basically kind of referred to him as a, as a human engineer yeah, yeah. right we have dave boys Who's, who's thinking about like uh, code and engineering yeah. products. Um, and then we have KD who's basically uh, trying to make change stick and, and yeah. then find the best things to, to implement. And 
that's for me is almost a human engineer. How many organizations actually have a KD that mm. does that stuff? And the answer is kind of no one. Yeah. All right. So that's why it's so interesting to listen does, to. Yeah. It works there, that's so. right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Um, and um, I think what AI could actually kind of be doing here is they could see what works across. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then make sure that, you know, what works gets copied across all the time, right? So, and I think this is not just an enablement thing. I think this is a conversion rate thing as well. Yeah. I think this is an ACV thing. I think it's an across the fucking board thing. But it was like, I was going to say as a, also as a follow-up on the the ramp time, like most organizations, they will give opportunities to those new AEs. But having that AI, you can actually spend maybe a month yeah. coaching against where the manager could hop in and listen and actually then give you feedback. Like, there are a couple of things there where this is actually a pretty big gain at the yeah. end of the day. And I think the other side that people might ignore is also the enablement piece, which is very close to the training, right? So, you know, building business cases is a thing. Yeah, It's actually, you know, again, a lot of research, but also how do you write it out and all those elements. You can... Custom decks and cu so forth. I mean, there's, there's so much other, uh, other stuff, right? And then, again, when you think about it, and and... Some of that stuff already exists, kind of the, the call summaries, the follow-up notes, and yeah. so forth, right? If you can cut all of that stuff down, and at the same time, you maybe make them better and improve conversion rates and so forth, then the question almost becomes like, okay, you know, is it is it four to five times OTE? Yeah, yeah. Or is it, should it be, should it be higher? Should it be maybe 10x? Yeah. Also, and this is now scary, but how how skilled do you as an A need to be? How valuable are you as 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 a person? Do you still need 250k a year or whatever the number is, or because all of the differentiating skills that kind of already built up in the organization in that AI whatever we're going a little bit further out a little of the bit future, but you know then ultimately it almost becomes like well you know maybe the marketplace doesn't need to be so super hot for the best AEs anymore. Maybe kind of you can go with a little bit less of a skill, right? Mm. And that's. That's kind of interesting for you know several reasons, right? So one, it might be improving your efficiency in a current organization, but again, also it might enable you to have a you know mid-market grade rep yeah. that's running in the SMB and kind of closing deals using some medic spiels and yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of these things where you think like that doesn't scale for me. Yeah, it might now actually scale for you. And I think you're totally right. Like we've talked about. Think about ACVs by motion, like classic. What is it called? The uh, the graveyard of SaaS or something, mm -hmm. right? Where it's you you need the unit economics to work out. Yeah. And you might have said, "Well, we can't do SMB because it doesn't work out, like mm -hmm. our win rates and the cost and all that stuff." But to your point, actually, maybe now there's some things enabling you where it could it could work out. And I think that's that's the other piece where it's like, yeah, it wouldn't scale before, like yeah. period. But now potentially it could. Yeah. And and that's that's I think that's the big reshuffle that's probably gonna un unravel in the next couple of years is all of those rules of thumb that we super comfortable with, that we're building all these organizations around, they kind of need to be challenged and questioned. Yeah. And I think this will hit hard for a lot of seasoned operators. Yeah. A lot of the you know, basically what is the Gen X before before millennials or something like that, Gen X and boomers. Kind of I think that whole it will be difficult, right? You have mm -hmm. like 20, 30, 40 years of experience basically. And now this thing comes around and maybe it's gonna hit us as well. I don't know. And I mean it took us forever to do an episode on AI. Well so that's we, true. you know the but we're also like app ah, it's just a it's just a fashion. It's gonna fade. <laughs> yeah. Um 
And um, I think that's going to challenge a lot of leaders, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Right? Kind of because the, the, the tried and tested things that have been true for decades, maybe they aren't so true anymore. And I yeah. think that's, I think this is the first time where technology is actually doing that versus, ah, okay, now it's not in my spreadsheet. Now it's organized in a, in a yeah, CRM yeah. or something like that. I think the other thing also, like when you think about all this stuff, I Software, and we talked about it with Dave Boyce, software is great at ad adhering to a process and follow it to the to the T. Mm. Humans, they're great at violating the process, yeah. especially when you need to, right? Yeah. So it might be that there's a prompt that fires off that says, hey, you should mention this case study, but you might know that that's not going to work because they hate that company. or yeah. what? You know, there could be a couple of things there. Mm. So I think the creativity, that will still be there. It's kind of like the equivalent of, you know, I've, I've experienced this. You go by car, you follow the GPS, and then you can see it tells you to go straight, and you can clearly see that, yeah, we should not go straight because there's a roadblock or yeah. roads closed or yeah. whatever, right? So we no, we're taking a right, and yeah. I think that that will still always be there as well. So marketing, what's going to happen to marketing? Marketing, they're is all marketing going to exist? No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, as I told you this before. Finally, finally, some tech that solves that problem. You the, know? I told you this before. I think still a lot of folks treat it as a volume game, just like any other function. And I did a search for revenue operations. Show me the latest things that have been indexed. And it, and it was just clear from all the results. This is all AI garbage. It's literally like, why would I even read it? And I think it's like I said in the beginning. You have to realize that things are changing. So when we discuss creating content with uh, with AI support, it's also like, well, this thing we are creating is it just going to be replaced by a prompt any minute? Because you know all the factual stuff. Do you really or definitions of things? Do you really need that anymore? Mm. Um, I think it's the original thought, and that's where it gets really interesting that you can you can quickly draft up a piece of content based on original thought. Right, that, that's actually a bit difficult in the beginning because you need to kind of figure out how I'm going to tell yeah. that story. The, the right? blank page problem. Yeah, the blank page problem. Basically, you get that start. Um, and and I think that's going to be super helpful. The other area, again, is also the research. It's a massive thing. If you need to go and create content and you want it to be novel and stand out, it really helps to have a lot of knowledge. Like mm. if, you, if you think about David Ogilvy, you know, uh, so if you've seen Mad Men, that's the guy. Drinking all the martinis and smoking all the time. One of the things he would do is... He's, he, by the way, the, the, the grand godfather of marketing. Exactly. Of. His name on marketing is one of the books you should be reading. And, and he basically said, you need to go and collect the facts. So he did an ad for uh, an airline company. And he went you know, to the airplane and got a walkthrough of everything. How does it work? And it's like, oh, you have uh, like this crazy filter on the air that's you know so insane that you can use it uh, if, if there's like an outbreak of something, right? It filters everything, basically. And the more he walked through, it's like, Okay, so there's a lot of safety features. We're going to do an ad on safety. By the way, all the other companies had the exact same feature because it was FAA required, but no one was advertising it, right? So, and I think that's where, you know, doing that research that you might not have done before gets more accessible. Um, and I think on the other other side of the coin, there's also going to be a lot of change on rich media. Yeah, So about to say. So if you look at uh, Mark Zuckerberg did an ad recently. Wow. And it was uh, very scrappy. It was recorded with a phone uh, from the no, looks of it. No, it was with the uh, with the maybe. With the yeah, Quest okay. Thing. Then then I didn't get it. But mm. it, it looked like a phone. But it's just to say it was very basic. But it was very authentic. Mm. And all of a sudden, if you think about having to create an article about whatever subject, writing the text is not the hard part. But now you have the time to maybe have those 
creative piece, whether it's a video or a graph or something else. Mm. And I think my hope is a lot of people are going to realize that, again, that's where you can shift the quality all of a sudden rather than just going mass volume. Um, I think we have enough blog posts out there by now. No, I think the I think the rich media thing. I think that's that's totally a piece. Um, so we're we're using it for um, blog post, you know, hero images, yeah. for example, in some cases. And then I can totally see, and maybe that doesn't apply to us all that much, but this Sora thing that just came out that we kind of were referencing early on. It's like, why would you even need stock footage? I mean. It's you have those very specific needs sometimes as mm. an organization, and then you go to I don't know these Shutterstock and so forth. You don't need that anymore, like zero, right? You just yeah. say like, well, I need this thing, um, and ah, you know what? Actually, I need it a little bit changed. But I think what's going to happen: a lot of the companies that are listening to this show, the marketing team will have a team of freelancers or someone on payroll just shelling out content. That that will be the case. And now they're looking at that and saying, can we just? kill that cost and do AI instead, I think it's the wrong way to think about it. Honestly, I think, again, you know, it's just like with the emails. At some point, we can see that train is going to hit that wall over there. And, yeah. and so if I were in the listener's shoes, I would look at what competitive advantages can this technology give us that we can leverage if we shift around the processes. But again, step. right, it's, it's again, not volume, it's quality. Exactly. That's actually what it is, exactly. right? Because the... Uh, you can use more rich media, which always lightens up every single blog mm -hmm. post. Um, you can use a lot of research in order kind of to make the blog post itself better. We are doing one thing. I mean, I'm just going to mention this now. So we have basically trained one local GPT or whatever. I don't know what this is. Yeah. Um, Build on, our own model. I sound like such a grandpa sometimes. Yeah. Um, on our own content, basically, that we have written, mm -hmm. right? Which is obviously, you know, influenced by myself. And uh, Bart, you know, one of the guys on the on the marketing team is using that when he's writing stuff, is using that to like, hey, you know, what would what would Tony so Yeah, to what would his opinion be? What would, what <laughs> Does would he, he like me? What would he insert here, basically, <laughs> right? And then, yeah. you know, because it's trained on all of our previous content, there's then kind of a mini subject matter expert kind yeah. of adding some stuff in there. I think the other piece is when you look at scaling, so, and I, I've talked with Bart about this, there's a classic horizontal scaling versus vertical scaling, right? So you can do, uh, let's say, more blog posts as one option. But what if you instead still do the original thought? You focus on really creating high-quality content. Sure, there's some AI assist on the side, but it, the driving force is the work you are doing as a creative person. And now you can translate it into French, and German, and whatever, right? So I, I think there are you need to look out for those options. And I recall vividly, those were some of the limitations. We hmm. wanted to be able to create our ads quite frankly in the local language because we knew in in germany that's way more common mm. to do than in denmark it's like well you can do both english works fine everyone in america is like what are they talking about yeah <laughs> other languages with an accent or what they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i think that's you know uh, it's opening up a lot of opportunities for what you can scale. Um, I think especially a lot of marketers, they're afraid for their jobs. I would not be. I think I would look at how you can use it to spend more time getting the creative no, angle I right. I think I think no one should be afraid of their jobs necessarily. But yeah, I think organizations will start to push to do more with less. I think that's going to happen. Yeah. And ultimately that means, yes, we don't need as many marketers as we you know, had before. We don't need as many salespeople as we had before. And let's see how that ends. Maybe there's a good end. Maybe there's a bad end to it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to see the first unicorn with one person employed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
thank you everyone for listening. This was a great show, I think. So we're talking about really this problem of what wasn't able to scale previously with some of the adaptations with AI might actually now be scalable. And instead of blasting more volume across sales, marketing, CS, we didn't talk much about CS actually. Now that no, I'm saying it. Forgotten child. Um, <laughs> forgotten child. Focus on increasing quality. Mm. And I think, or oh, we believe that's that's going to be the uh, the bigger gain for you, at least for 2024. Let's yeah. let's see how it's going to go beyond. That's it. That's it. Thanks, Mikkel. Thanks everyone for watching. Have a good one. Bye bye. -bye.